your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show from AsylumFantasySports.com and the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network. Yes, indeed. We are Flieger Briggs. Welcome back into the Asylum Week 8 coming up, or recapping Week 7, we have Patrick Johnson coming in later on, and uh, I tell you, it's just a lot to cover, so let's get to it. Yeah, yeah, tons of big news this week. Check us out on Twitter, at Asylum Football. Get those questions in for the Inside Slant coming up Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. Back again live in our new plush studios in the attic of a barn, Rick. Yeah. It's, it's good to be in studio, actually, wherever it is. Actually, it is the plush <laughs> the plush house right. studio. Right. Hey, uh, let's get to it, Ricky. You know, we're going to ask uh, Patrick Johnson, former wide receiver from the Baltimore Ravens, when he gets in in here talking. But, um, you know, I wanted to, to share, you know, I want to ask about this. We all know about the Greg Hardy situation. I guess he's a them. lunatic. Yeah. Okay, well, then Sammy Watkins goes berserk. Yeah, I missed this. So and, you're um, scooping me on this. I, I'm going to um, read his Instagram, which he tried to delete, but, of course, we all know in social media, nothing is deleted. Oh, it never goes away. And, you know, apparently, you know, some of the Bills Mafia, you know, they didn't like that he was injured, you know, because he seems to always be injured oh, and, okay. and he hasn't been producing and they're a little frustrated. So he goes crazy. And I'm going to read it just the way it's written. Oh, I, I like this. Yeah. All right. Rick you, tries to sound young. No, I'm oh. just going to read it the way that it's written. And I'm not going to try to sound young. I'll just sound illiterate, I'm sure. But because, you you know, I don't know. There's probably character limitations on this thing. I don't know. <laughs> Benefit of the doubt. I like yeah. it. To all the people that have a problem with me being injured, you guys go out there and play this sport. It's a 100% injury rate. I'm not first or last person that's gone, gone, be injured. Difference from me and you guys, y'all mad and I'm not. Get a life and go to work. Stop worrying about my job because I'm good on this end. And forever we'll be losers. Most of you just wish to be in this position. So continue working y'all little jobs for the rest of y'all lives since everyone wants a response here. Go have a blessed day. Wow. Well, I, I got to tell you now, this. Now, you're in Buffalo. Right. I mean, that and Pittsburgh are probably the quintessential blue-collar towns. Okay. All right. A lot of people work, you know, some manual, pretty manual jobs, you know, bust, right. busting their ass right. you know, to raise their families, you know, and maybe go to a game. True. Good. Okay. Expensive these days, too. Yeah. So, you know, and he's basically calling them out. Calling them losers. Right. Working your little jobs for the rest of your life and just wishing you were me. Yeah. Here's the thing. I was with him. I, I was ready to, to blow your top off. I was with him till we got to that part. Everything he said in the first three or four sentences, I think was dead on. And I agree with him 100%. The, the 100% injury risk. The, you know, don't dare criticize me. I'm out there laying it all on the line. I, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously. I was with him there, but yeah, he took a dark turn at the end. If he'd have stopped there, he'd have had Rick Flieger's backing, and I know that's what he was seeking well, my sure. approval through all of this. Problem I have with it is, if you were yeah, look, there's no denying this guy's a great talent, right? But you haven't done anything. That's true. I mean, too. that was back. You know, I can remember when Miami Heat 
lost that title when LeBron and them and LeBron went on sort of the, you know, guys just, you know, get on with your lives. You know, you wake, woke up today. It's the same as it was yesterday. We just didn't win the title. Blah, blah, blah. Paraphrasing. But it's LeBron James. He also. Well, yeah, LeBron can say anything he, he wants. He also has. Well, problem being is LeBron really didn't say anything this vicious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you could probably pick any kind of a, a, a sports figure from the past or the present. Have never gone there. You go there, nothing good comes out of this. Well, it, okay, that that, uh, that I'll agree with a hundred percent. I understand. I I know. I I know. I'm interrupting. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's an injury, but you know, it, it's not like they don't have reason to be frustrated. I guess maybe this is, and I wonder sometimes. I went on, I don't know if you listened to it, Rick, one of the shows when when you were setting up the the palace here, I went on a rant. It was the week after I had gone to the Thursday night game down in Pittsburgh and how kind of disgusted I've gotten with your, I'm not even going to call them your average NFL fan, but the average guy who goes to an NFL game, the self-entitled drunken fools. And then I won't go down that road again. And I directed it mainly towards Steeler fans because I've been in six or seven NFL stadiums. And, and I'll argue as a Steeler fan of the day I die, we are the worst breed of fans in the world. But what I think is happening here, yeah, you can't do this if you're Sammy Watkins. And he went way overboard and insulted. You know what he ended up doing at the end of that, Rick, is he insulted the people – who aren't the folks he's he's talking about. See, what has happened in this age of social media, we have unfettered access to these athletes and to stars in general. Now, they can ignore us, and for the most part, they do. Yeah, somebody said one time, you'd never worry how much, or you'd never worry much about what people thought of you if you knew how little they did. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, right. But... We can get access to these folks now through Twitter, through Facebook, through I'm not even sure what Instagram is. Now I guess I'm showing after I do all this mocking to you, I'm showing my age. I'm not real. I've heard of it, but I don't know what the yeah. hell it is. Whereas 20 years ago, I think you could throw a player out from 20 years ago. It doesn't matter. 20 years ago, whoever my favorite Steeler was, and if he was annoying me or I wasn't happy with his performance, I'd sit down at a bar with you and I'd bitch about him. Right. Now I can take to the internet right. and I can attack said player directly. It's got to wear on these guys eventually. There's, the there's, problem is the internet trolls are the ones that he's mad at, and the people he attacked are his real fans. Right. That's the problem. Right. And that's where I think he's out of touch. And I think the problem is that it's a twofold problem. Number one is exactly what you said. You know, they, they can attack the player you know, directly through Twitter, whatever, Instagram, and all yeah. this nonsense. Okay, you know, social media. Let's just call it that. It's through social media. The second phase of it is is young men, and, and let's face it, I mean, they're, they're still maturing. Oh, yeah. They're, kids. they're young kids with a lot of money and a lot of exposure, and they're, they don't you know, I, I like to I like to look at them as men, right? Which they are. I mean, you know, 
physically, obviously. Certainly, right. But they're still very young men, and they're doing all this social media. There's so much access to them. Right, and they make themselves accessible when they do things like this. Well, and that's that's the point. I just don't think that they realize the scope and magnitude of what what they say, where it goes, to how many people. And the implications that it has, because I can tell you right now, I was listening to some sports shows today, and yeah, I tell you what, Bills fan, they they don't they wouldn't care if they rode him out on a rail right now. You're probably right, and, 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 and for good reason. And and I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, you just don't do that. And, and look, even at 25 years old or however old he is, he can't be much older than that. You still should know better. I agree. I agree. You, you it's still a little bit of being out of touch. Better. Well, not a little. It's a lot of being out of touch. From now, now, granted, a lot of these guys come from rough backgrounds, but by the time they get to college, they're superstars and they're taken care of. And now they're 21, 22 years old. They're millionaires. They're in the spotlight. They've got the fame. They've got the accolades. You lose touch. And I'll almost – here's where I'm going to defend – not what Sammy Watkins said, but sort of the NFL player in general, not extending this out to uh, Greg Hardy, who's just a bad guy. Yeah, we'll what get to I him determined too. there. We'll, we'll get to that. Here's where I'll defend him. If you every day in your job, Rick, when you're down there in the Scrooge McDuck vault counting all your pumpkin money, and every day 15,000 people wrote to you, called you, walked in the door, said, you suck. You made my fantasy business owner team lose. I I think it wears on you a little bit. I think what we have got to forget, or what we've got to be mindful of, excuse me, is just because these guys are NFL players, just because they're on your fantasy team, just because you have the access to them, it does not give you the right, it does not give you the justification to personally attack these guys. And if I'm an NFL player and I've worked my whole life honing my craft, and I get hurt, and I'm being attacked for that, and I'm be, being called soft. I'm sure he was called. You know, we do it on this show, and I'm the worst offender of it. And, and I say it as a joke, and it's something I try to be mindful of when we'll talk about certain NFL player. And I say, ah, he stinks. He's terrible. God, get him out of here. Look, the bottom line is he's still one of the best 20 people in the world, the entire planet, of what he does. Yeah, he hurt my fantasy team. He didn't put up the fantasy numbers I want. That doesn't mean he stinks. Here's the other thing we've got to remember. Charles Barkley said it best. These guys aren't your heroes. They're not your kids' heroes. Right. They're regular guys. This is their job. While you live and die for your fantasy team, and we do too, while you live and die, Buffalo Bills fan or Pittsburgh Steelers fan or any fan, Baltimore Raven fan, it doesn't matter. While you live and die with what they do, pay real close attention. Monday Night Football does a good job of this. When that game ends, zooming those cameras in. These guys are all buddies. These guys all hang out. This is a job to them. And they take it hard if they lose to a point. But at the other point, this is their job. This is what they do for a living. And quite frankly, not to be overly dramatic, in a lot of cases, they're putting their lives on the line every day. And there probably comes a point to certain guys. There's certain guys that are more polished and can take it. But to a lot of guys, and clearly Sammy Watkins is one of them, where you're going to say, all right, stop questioning me. Stop questioning how hard I'm working. Stop questioning this. Stop questioning that. 
I did this. I got here on my own. You had nothing to do with it. The fact that you spent $50 on your ticket, sat out in that parking lot from 6 a.m. and got shit can drunk. I don't think I'm supposed to say that on the air. Doesn't give you the right. Doesn't put you on an equal plane with me. I think very, very poorly. That's sort of what he was getting at. The way you start attacking a hardworking guy and making fun of him, that's where it goes too far. But to that point, I agree with him 100%. And I catch myself doing it on these microphones. And I'm, it's something I'm trying to do away with. Because when you sit down and think about it, what am I doing? I'm sitting in the attic of a freaking barn <laughs> yelling into a computer. This guy worked his whole life to become a millionaire. Who am I to see, really criticize? See, Rick, Rick was pampered his whole life. <laughs> so Please. being here in, in the in the plush penthouse studio, <laughs> he, he, he you know tries to make light of, of things that he didn't. I wasn't you doing the kid. I mean, you know, he, you know, the the silver spoon, you know, the, the <laughs> automatic garage door and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's a caveat, though, what you said to something else. You know, it's a job. These guys, they're all buddies for the most part. Makes the NFL worse or better. I think it's better. Really? See, I disagree. I love when the Steelers hated the Raiders and the Browns. And so forth, because these teams were together. I mean, you you look at the Steel Curtain, you know, the 70s dynasty. Right. Basically, say for a few people, Andy Russell retired. Right. You know, and, you know, a few others here and there that that moved on due to injury, retirement, whatever. You know, Bruce Van Dyke and so forth. That was the same team for years. Right. For almost 10 years, a decade. I'll argue... They hated each other on the field. But that's the point. I mean, you did not see. You did not see at the end of the Super Bowl, Jack Lambert walking up, putting his arm around Cliff Harris. I can promise you that. Okay, all right. You you know what I'm saying? Yeah, to a point, they're buddies. They respect each other. That's the word is respect. Not then. Right. You know, Jack Tatum never went up and hugged Joe Green at the end of a game. Yeah. Promise you. But I think that's probably more of a product of all these guys have played together professionally in a lot of cases because there's well, so much movement. Well, we can argue point. that makes that's the game the more. Well, no, I agree 100%. I mean, I think that's the reason. That, right. that was the point that I went around yeah. about way was getting to. It's because of the free agency and, and the whole mobility of all these players. Right. Just, you know, two years here, three years here, and so forth. I agree. I mean, you know. But I think we can blame the same people Sammy Watkins is yelling at a lot for that. As our appetite for football has grown, as they have become bigger stars than the stars out in Hollywood, as we have put the, the public spotlight on them, what what are you going to do as the, the – I think there's 2,500 guys or so in the NFL at any given time. You almost force them to close ranks. You understand oh, what I, I mean? Yeah, no because, doubt. Because you, Rick, your NFL it's star. It's us against yeah, them now. Yeah, you can't go to that restaurant next door without getting hounded for autographs, without somebody calling your wife a name, without someone yelling at your kids that you suck. So you almost have to close ranks. I think the growth of the NFL in the voracious nature of the fans has forced these guys to close ranks. They're a brotherhood. They're the only 2,500 guys on the planet that understand each other and who got each other's backs. Meanwhile, every time a, a guy slips up, every time a guy makes a bad play, makes a bad read, not only are we saying that was a bad player, that was a bad read, 
you're a terrible guy. You cost me thousands of dollars. Well, you're white, that's a whore. The you know what I mean? It's just never any. It's just damn fantasy football that's right. doing it. Well, you're, you're right. There's, there's a lot of that. There really is. But you force these guys to close ranks, and, and I right. don't blame them. What else are you going to do? No, I, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not – you know th- – there's just you just don't cross that line. He went Sammy too Watkins far. line. I he don't had care. me halfway, and then he just went off the cliff. Yeah, and you can't do that. That's unconscionable to say because he went from talking to the people that I'm talking about to talking about everybody, to everybody up there in Buffalo slogging off to work at four o'clock in the morning in some factory in three feet of snow, and he's about to put in a twelve or sixteen hour day. That's not the guy you attack because no. trust me, by and large, that ain't the guy attacking you. So, yeah, there's the line and there's the disconnect. I agreed with everything he said up to that point. I also agree with you that, sadly, you can't say it. All right. You, you can. I, knowing who I am, I'd be Sammy Watkins. I'm going to fight back. You've seen what happens on Twitter, Rick. If someone gives us the slightest bit of criticism. I never say anything. <laughs> no, you just egg me on and I do it. No. But, but I will attack like a bulldog at the slightest bit of criticism. So I almost can't criticize a guy up to a point for fighting back because I'm going to do it. That's probably why I stuck this microphone in front of my face three days a week because I just got to say it. I just got to throw it out there. And I think we have an expectation. Am I going too far to call us media? But I'm going to I'm going to put us in at least the oh, fringe, yeah. in the fringes of that group. As the media, we have an expectation that these guys never fight back. That these guys realize that it comes with the job. I don't know if it has to. It does, but does it have to? And I think you can defend yourself to a point. Now, again, what he said in the second half of that statement, way off, oh, I know. way over. And, and and I agree, you know, because there's just so much of this stuff that these guys have to deal with. You know, great case in point. You know, D'Angelo Williams fined $5,757 because he had the breast cancer ribbon on his eye black. Right. Ironhead. Breast cancer much. Yeah, Cam Hayward had Ironhead on oh, him. I had that rant on one of these shows. It, I can't it's remember It's pathetic. Which. You tell me. I can understand, you know, whatever. Say D'Angelo Williams has whatever on his uniform. Right. But no, you don't do that. It's freaking eye black. My argument I made on the show, I don't remember if it was this one or the Fantasy Sports Network show a couple weeks ago, Rick, with the eye black. I was talking about Ironhead. This is before this D'Angelo thing. This is a helmet sport. Yeah. They have a helmet. The only way anyone is going to see this is somebody is when the networks focuses, focus in on it. And then the funny thing is they focus in on it for what reason? So the NFL goes after them so they can create their own story. And then they can say, I can't believe the NFL would do this. The NFL wouldn't know a damn thing about it if you didn't blow it up. But the D'Angelo Williams thing is especially ridiculous being it's the NFL's Karen pretending that they care about breast cancer yeah. this month, and then a guy during the month he's allowed to do it right. does this. And then, oh, no, that's they a, didn't You know why? It. Because they're not selling that very thing he's exactly. wearing in the state. That's the only reason. It's money, money, money. Let's move on. 
Uh, you know, if Patrick Johnson does not make it on tonight because uh, he had not called in. Sorry, we can get him next week. Oh, That's yeah, he no still calls deal. in. I will man the phone lines. Let's, uh, let's get into some football headlines, Rick. Let's do that. How about Arian Foster? I think we got to start there. Out that is a huge blow Achilles to Achilles too. That team. Is, that is so bad. Achilles, man. Yeah. I, I cringe every time. Just a thought. Do you ever look at your Achilles or like when you're putting oh, on yeah. your socks, touch it? Oh, I couldn't imagine that thing popping. It just skis me no, out. I know. It, it's terrible. Terrible injury. And, and Arian Foster just, you know, just a, a real unfortunate career. He has been hampered with different injuries. It's never been anything big. Every year. Well, this one is. Well, yeah, but I mean, right. it's not broken bones. He doesn't tear an ACL. This is the worst it's been, but it's just yeah. always something, always something different. I don't think you can question the guy's conditioning. No. He's just one of those guys. It's no. just, it gets him all the time. Exactly. I mean, look. You have a Hall of Famer, Gail Sayers, only played, what, six, seven years? There's there's just some guys. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Okay, I got a question for you. Fantasy question. Are are you a situational player? Very rarely. Very rarely. All right, okay. For the most part, I – and here's why. I want to be – I'm not very good at it, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Well, it always seems to me when I do a situational play, like, for example, I don't know, pick pick a defense, a Denver defense. Oh, defense I'll do it with. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. Oh, okay. okay. The, you know, the Denver defense is, is brutal. Right, know, right. So far this year. So, you know, well, I better bench pick somebody, you know, TJ Yeldon and start, you know, somebody else. Okay. And then – Every time I do that, they do. They rush for 120 yards and a touchdown. And what it is, is you are right in your mind and in your research and in your study that for the most part, let's use T.J. Yeldon going against Denver. Just, I don't even think they well, play. How about Buffalo but, this week? Okay. This that, past week. That's fine. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. But right. let's just say okay, yeah. immovable defense being Denver and T.J. Yeldon. He's going to average on an average carry about 1.8. But if he's your every week starter, your number one, number two guy, and you sit him down, he's going to bust one for 80. Yeah. And he's going to end up with a buck Exactly. One. And you were right, but four. And if it, but four, but four, yeah. I would have 72 fantasy championships, but right. four, but four. But that's sort of the way it goes. Now, it depends on the player, I guess I should say. Well, obviously. You know, Le'Veon Bell, I don't care the matchup. T.J. Yeldon, I might play the matchup, although he's starting to get himself up into that red zone for me where I right. don't mess with him. And after the uh, Toby Gerhardt debacle, they've already right. come out saying that, uh, you know, T.J. Yeldon is, is just liable to be a four-down back. Right, as he well should be. Because exactly. He's Toby the best Gerhardt. back on the team. Toby Gerhardt's thing. Yeah, maybe. Toby Gerhardt's not Mike Tolbert. No, no. Yeah. They've tried to just because he's yeah. white doesn't make him Mike Tolbert. <laughs> Which seems to be the only similarity those two guys right, have, and, not white. and giant arms. Oh, the, who am I thinking of? Uh, I have no all idea. Thoughts, who I was. Oh thinking yeah, of. Mike yeah, Allstott. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, Tolbert's not white at all. No. Like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see color, Rick. How yeah, about that? He's not big like Tolbert. I mean, he's just not. You know, he just can't do ridiculous. it. He was. No. He was good in some mop-up roles for Adrian Peterson. After Adrian Peterson wore a defense down for three and a half quarters. He was terrible when he got the shot down there. Terrible last year in Jacksonville. He's just awful. They're probably the only situation, Rick, and I'm starting to get away from it. I will think about, unless it's your Antonio Browns, your top 10 or 15 receivers, I will consider sitting a guy against a Darrell Revis. And in another league, not in our league of consequence, though, 
it cost me a game two weeks ago, I believe it was. I benched Pierre Garçon going up against Darrell Revis. I can't remember who I put in his place now. It was somebody real middling, anyhow. Now, while Garçon didn't have a big game, he got in the end zone, finished with about a dozen points, and I lost by four. So, see, there's the example where it still jumps up and bites you. You might have to temper expectations, but you don't put tier three player in above tier two player guy because of the matchup. I try to avoid that. Exactly. But I feel like I, you probably had a point here and I've taken this 20 no, minutes no, in the wrong I, direction. It's just something I wanted to discuss because you and I are not really situational players yet over and over and over. Well, you need, you need to sit Gio Bernard this week, or you need right, to right. sit Chris Ivory this week or, or whatever the case may be because he's playing X defense. Right. Or he's going up against a tough matchup against Joe Hayden or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, and I just don't buy <clears throat> excuse me, I don't buy that until you get to like like you said, your your tier three, tier four yeah. players that you're maybe forced to be starting. You know, and I if you drafted, you know, pick a guy, you know, we can't go like um, Julio Jones or so forth, but say you drafted, um, you went wide receiver, wide receiver, and then you got, oh, I don't know, pick somebody, Latavius Murray okay. for your running back. Okay. Here, here's a great example. I'm just looking to get the scheduling. They're playing the Jets this week. I I own a lot of Latavius Murray. Yeah, I'm yeah, not you sitting do. them. Yeah, I don't, you can't. No. Because what are your other options? That That's what you got to look at. Yeah. It, Unless you have a Mark Ingram, Jonathan Stewart, somebody like that. I'm just trying to think that next right. year down on your bench, maybe you consider you did, it. But, but you, 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 you don't have, have that guy on your bench. You have to have two backs. Exactly. You don't have. That's my point. You right. don't have somebody on your bench that while you know in all likelihood Latavius Murray is going to have a rough week. Right. He's going to have at least a better shot based on opportunity, based on carries than who are you going to put out there? Theo Riddick, Reggie Bush, somebody right. like that, because that's who you got on your bench. Right. You don't have Mark Ingram. You don't have Deion Lewis. You don't have these this next tier down on your bench. You don't have them. You've got Theo Riddick. You've got Amir Abdullah. I'm going to go ahead and roll with with Murray there, knowing it could be a rough day, but he's also going to touch the ball 20 times. Exactly. That's where you got to be smart and hope he breaks that long one. Yeah. Deal. Now, granted, if you don't sit him down, he's not going to bust the long one. And if you do, so Ricky could do all the other Latavius Murray owners a favor and set him down, and he'll go out and bust a 60-yard right. touchdown run. But I'm assuming you're not going to do that because you're not that magnanimous of a guy. <laughs> no, I would not do that. But, no, I agree. I mean, unless you have – unless you're one of these guys that – you know, early draft, and you drafted a, I don't know, say say you had a Latavius Murray, and then say a Gio Bernard, and then maybe you were fortunate enough to pick up Chris Johnson mm-hmm. before he had gotten his gig going. Okay, now yeah, you can start playing. Some yeah, matchups. maybe you play Johnson and Bernard, and then throw maybe some other wide receiver in at your mm-hmm. flex and set Murray down against that. But, but it's rare. traditionally, I, it's not worth playing situations like that. Right. So. Uh, Moving along there, nothing to do with fantasy football. I just thought, how about the Ryan Mallett story, Rick? That oh, one was amazing. That classic. I love it. This guy, talk about a, just a ne'er-do-well. He's like Ryan Leaf without all the talent. I mean, you saw the hissy fit he threw when he got benched against Indy, and all's Brian Hoyer has done. Now, while he'll throw devastating picks, 
so be it. You know, looking at it from a fantasy perspective, all he does is put up 25 points a week. And Milet's losing his mind that he lost his starting job. He slept in. We all saw that during hard knocks. He slept in during camp the day after Hoyer, just coincidentally the day after Hoyer was named the starter. And then he misses the flight out to their last game, has to take a private plane. And from what I understand from some of the stuff I've read, Rick, the only reason he wasn't cut that day was because Houston didn't have another quarterback on the roster. The coach wanted to cut him right there, but they didn't have a backup plan, so they wait till today. So good riddance, Ryan Mallett. Yeah, I mean, you're Ryan Mallett. You can have a hissy fit all you want. But Brian Hoyer right now, 1,346 yards, 11 touchdowns, three picks. You could do better than that. Why didn't you do it? Right. You had your opportunity as Brian Hoyer got benched at halftime in week one. Right. You got yourself benched twice as they handed that job back and forth per half for a couple of weeks. Look, it was a bad beat. He was actually having a decent game in that Thursday night game. I believe it was against the Colts where he got hurt. He gets the wind knocked out of him. They take him off the field for for two or three plays. In those two or three plays, Hoyer gets him in the end zone. O'Brien says, uh, hold up, Ryan, Let, let's see what goes on here. Mallet rushes him up and down the field until the very last drive, and he does what he always does right. in the fourth quarter, just throws a devastating pick. But you can see the trouble they have moving the ball. Grow up. Be a man here. Right. Yeah, he was brought in to be the starter, so you're making starter money. Yeah, everybody wants to play, but being that demonstrative on the sideline, being that passive-aggressive, missing flights, over. But if you're going to be – you know, if you're going to be paid starter money and you want to start, then act like it. Right. The starting quarterback is what? The leader of the offense. 100%. Okay. And you over there stomping and pouting right. on the sideline is, does not a leader. And we all, we all know that uh, Houston got destroyed last week. and By who, Rick? By, by who? the Miami Dolphins. By Miami Dolphins, Rick. Mine. And, you know, a lot of, these, a lot of his stats were mop-up stuff. But since taking over in week four, Hoyer has gone 232, two touchdowns. 312, two touchdowns, one pick. 293, three touchdowns. 273, three touchdowns, one pick. Ain't bad. Yeah, except that one last week with none of them going to DeAndre Hopkins. Well, and all that Nate Washington crushed my soul. That, but that is a crusher, that, that doesn't yeah. speak to Brian Hoyer. That speaks to uh, me going one and four in my uh, weekly fantasy leagues this week. Exactly. It's kind of a rough week for me. Exactly. I own a lot of DeAndre and Hopkins. And getting back to Sammy Watkins, oh, yeah, which I, right, I love. The I, I want to bash some more on him. You know, he all, all he also did say, you know, at press conference that – or at the media, in, that he didn't care if the other side was open. Get the ball to me. I don't hate that for my wide receiver. I really don't. I do. If you're doing it simple, in a healthy way. For the Yeah, but see, that's the point. That's not a healthy way. We saw – here's another. Did you see the, the interview with Antonio Brown? No, I uh, missed yesterday? that one. Talk about Heath Miller. Okay. And, of course – he had nothing but, but high praise for Heath Miller on how he does. You heard anyone say anything bad about Heath Miller? Everything on the field without complaint, this, that, and the other. But apparently a couple of weeks ago, Heath Miller came up to him on the sideline and said, you know it's coming. Don't complain about not getting the ball to the media. Nice. And the guy that was interviewing him said, well, 
you know, how did you take that? And Antonio Brown said, you know, I took it very seriously. It's Heath Miller. He doesn't say much when he talks. <laughs> I'm going to listen. Yeah. Right? That's good. I missed yeah. that altogether. And that's a good thing. That's a leader on the team. He's probably He's got to be there on going on 10 years now, doesn't he, Rick? Heath? Heath Miller. I think it's he's been a 11 or 12. Has he been there that I long? I think. And I think that's what you need because Antonio Brown was losing his mind and he was starting to make himself look silly. Now all that goes away this week with right. sort of segues into the next piece of news here. Ben Roethlisberger participated fully in practice today. He's going to be a go against the Bengals. Uh, everybody who, who's been suffering through three or four weeks like I have on several teams without Antonio Brown, we're, we're back to expecting eight to ten catches, a buck to a buck and a half each and every week, Antonio Brown. This won't be an issue anymore. But kudos to Heath for calling him down. He's starting to look a little bit like T.O. out there, especially right. in that Arizona game, making a fool of himself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just – it only takes, you know, a, a guy like Heath Miller that is – it just goes to show the, the respect and the leadership that this right. guy has right. on that team. And I think that's why – you look at the franchises, that's why the Steelers succeed. Not you, You've had historically good coaches. You know, they only had three coaches for the last 112 <laughs> years or whatever it is. You've got a solid front office. You have a culture, sort of a no-nonsense culture, where by and large bad guys don't stick around there. They don't sign bad guys. They don't give guys second and third chances. That's sort of the culture. And you have internal leadership. You you truly do, and I think that's what you need. And this team's been through some stuff, and they all tend they tend to work it out. And by and large, this team is competitive each and every year, and I think that makes a difference. Uh, still no Patrick Rick. So before we get to balls and socks, last thing I want to know what where you're going with this this week. I don't own any Des Bryant. On, I guess fortunately to this point, I know in the league of consequence, you you're all in on Des Bryant. So he's limited in practice, but he was back in practice today, albeit limited. Say for, you know, with bye weeks and other injuries, you may be forced to do this in a perfect world if you absolutely didn't have to. Let's say if you had, just to stick a number on it, if you had a receiver you were confident was going to give you 10 to 15 points this week, are you jumping in and throwing Des Bryant right in? Or are you taking a wait and see on, on this foot issue? I'm taking a wait and see because I'm in that situation right now in our league of consequence. I'm taking a wait and see because number one, I don't believe he's going to play this week. I think they're okay. going. I think they're going to wait one more week, let him get going, make sure he he can do what he needs to do and not suffer pain as a result. I think he's primed to be a week nine start. That that's my thought right now. So yeah, I mean I do well, you know for yourself in our league of consequence. Well we play each other this week, don't yeah. we? Yeah. And I would love to Start have him that. in there. Start him. I c I can't. I mean it you know, I just simply can't right now. I, I mean, think there's too much work in He's still limited in practice. You know, Jerry Jones went out there fluffing everybody that, that he was gonna play him last week, which was absolutely absurd then you see him limited in practice. I think the other thing that factors in, if he does come back, it's up against that Seahawks defense and up against Richard Sherman. I think if even if he does play, well, you're never going to worry about matchups with Des Bryant generally. I think right. with everything else going on, I think you stay, you know, if you want to sit of the week, you may be right that he ends up not playing at all. But if he does, you want to talk about a sit of the week. I, I think it's Des Bryant, just too much working against him there. 
Yeah, I think. I you mean, know what that means. He's going to have one catch for 32 yards and a touchdown when Sherman trips over the 20-yard line or something. But, I mean, I hope that happens, being that I play you. Well, it won't matter because, you know, I won't have him on and uh, on the field. And, you know, I mean, I just don't I, – I don't know. I just can't uh, – I just don't think that they're going to to um, risk him, you know, number one, yeah, against Richard Sherman in Seattle. And, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of advantage. You know, Matt Castle really showed the rust last week. And, you know, they've got – a lot easier schedule starting with week nine defensively. They play Philadelphia at Tampa at your Miami Dolphins. My Miami Dolphins. Yeah, then, then they do get a little rougher, you know, Carolina at Washington at Green Bay, Jets, and at Buffalo. It gets in, but he should be already in. I think you work him in with Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, and then you can start getting into the meat of the, of the schedule here, maybe shake some of the rust off and get used to running on that foot. I just, you know, I'm just not buying it right now. It's a broken bone. Right, you right. Know, foot. And it's going to take some time to, to, to work it out, to get the rust off, to to be competent planning it, competent cutting on it. And, and even if it's a half, if you're sort of tiptoeing around for a half and then you've got the whole Matt Castle issue and you've got the whole Richard Sherman issue, I, I don't think it's anything you mess with. Uh, one more thing, and I guess it can uh, – it can – transition us into balls and socks you know i'll just throw it out there we'll give a game ball to lamar miller just an obscene day here's what i want to ask you and you guys all know the number it is over 40 fantasy points rick's give me the uh i got a bat in the cave <laughs> sign there so thank you for that my friend but uh and i wanted to ask patrick this it doesn't look like it's going to happen this week so we'll definitely effort him to get him on get him on here next week you know, from a player's perspective, what that what that coaching change means, and how long that how long that lasts, how long that bump you get from the fresh set of eyes, from the change in atmosphere, and obviously you can't answer that question, Rick. But what what I am curious of, do you think this continues? Now I'm not going to expect 40 out of Lamar Miller every week, but is Lamar Miller back? Is it was it simply a a dedication to running the ball? You know what I mean, and you see what Jarvis Landry did last week, and Tannehill sort of looked like that QB ten to twelve guy that we thought he was. Do they maintain this? In your opinion, is this just a little burst of energy they get? Obviously, they hated Philbin. I think we, we've I, seen I, that. Can they maintain this? I think what you're going to see is a much more improved Miami Dolphin team. I mean, look. Look, we know that they have talent on that team. We talked about that, obviously, in the preseason. You know, look, are they going to be able to challenge New England for the division title? Well, you wouldn't even be talking like that if you didn't think that you'd see some improvement from them. I think there's there's some things. I think there's a, a certainly a change of attitude with, with Campbell, and they're not, no longer philbanized. But, let's, you know, before everybody jumps up and down, they beat Tennessee and Houston. Right. They got a different animal tomorrow night with New England. Well, yeah. I yeah. think that's going to be a little more of a litmus test for Miami going forward. If it's a close game, you know, even if they lose, say it's 27-20 or something like that, I think they're on their way. And and right. I think, yes, I do, I do think it maintains. They go out and get their doors blowed off. It's like, well, okay, they beat a couple of bum teams. Right. Looked a little better. 
But, you know, reality the thing is they looked bad, bad against bum teams three weeks ago. Well, exactly. They, exactly. They did. I mean, you know, they, they beat Washington, lost to Jacksonville, destroyed by Buffalo, and basically wiped out by the Jets as well before the bye. They get rid of Philbin. They come back after the bye and crush Tennessee and Houston. I think they're going to be – I think it does maintain. Let's You know, instead of just going on and on, I think it does maintain. Have they, you know, sunk themselves too far where they're out of the playoff picture? They play in a pretty rough division. You know, Buffalo's been underachieving, still tough defense to beat. You know, you got the Jets playing really good football. Right. And, of course, New England. So, you know, and I, and I think that they have New England twice. This is a this is the rest of Miami's schedule here. Just just to let you know they have New England twice. Well, let's just go down through at New England, at Buffalo, at Philadelphia. Next three games. Then you have Dallas at the New York Jets. Then you have Baltimore, the Giants at San Diego. Then they finish up with at home with Indianapolis and New England. Tougher road to hoe. Yeah. You know, no doubt. Quite frankly, I don't care if they win games. If, does this <laughs> well, offense continue to, to do what they do? It could be better, I'm sure. It, Tannehill's going to struggle more against rough competition, I think. That said, I think – I believe this from Lamar Miller. I think they're going to keep running the ball. And Lamar Miller, all he needed was the ball. I, I think we've well, seen that. If you continue to run the ball, what's that going to do? Make Tannehill right. passing a lot better. So yeah, and with yeah. the, I mean, I think I think it maintains. Itself. And with the emergence of Rashard Matthews, with what we know in the game-changing playmaker ability of a Jarvis Landry, if you can establish the run and get one of these guys free, they just make plays. It make Ryan Tannehill he'll look real good, real quick. So, all right, let's get off that, Rick. That was a game ball. How about a smelly sock from you? We've been way too positive here for the last 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, I, I love giving stinky socks to Sam Bradford. Yeah, oh, terrible. 205 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. He was 26 of 45. Yeah, I mean, you, you see the 205 yards, oh, maybe at a running game. No, you know, 26 of 45. He had – 5.8 fantasy points. Thank you, Sam. Here's your stinky sock. <laughs> Boy, I don't know what to make uh, of that Eagles team in general. Yeah, I, you just don't know week to week. That, that team can go out and beat anybody at any given time, and they can just go out and lay an egg. The other takeaway from that game, though, Rick, them Carolina Panthers are for real. How about, you know, I'll give a game ball right here. I'll do it, and I don't even know if the stats bear it out. I, I He wasn't part of my part of my research here is I scrambled trying to find his final numbers. I know he got over the hundred yard plateau. How about what your boy, Jonathan Stewart's been doing the last couple weeks, 24 carries, 125 yards. The frustrating part when you're a Jonathan Stewart owner doesn't find the end zone. I believe uh, Tolbert got in the end zone. Cam ran one in. So you got to deal with that. But Jonathan Stewart, knock on wood so far, he's staying healthy. He's getting a healthy dose of workload, and he's making the most of it. Oh, yeah. And, and quite frankly, I'm stunned. I mean, I made the – I am. I, I hated him. I hate the man I, as a player. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, so frustrating. I, I made the prediction that he would be injured by week seven right. and Artis Payne would be the starter, and I am totally wrong with that. I mean, Jonathan Stewart has stayed healthy. He's getting it done. I mean, you know, look, the Carolina offense is far from dynamic, but with that defense – 
they've got plenty of firepower to win games. Well, they're they're old school in, in a in a new world NFL. They're sitting at six and zero, doing it old school. They're running the ball and they're playing good defense. Can it last in that division? Certainly, I think they play a good enough defense to keep the more dynamic offenses in their division at least at bay, and they have just enough offense. And, and Cam Newton, well, he can be frustrating at times, but when he's got it rolling, there isn't a better athlete at the quarterback position in the NFL. And so, and you look, and I think that's the difference for Jonathan Stewart. Number one, you hand him the ball 24 times. I still wonder how long can he hold up if they continue to do that. You, you worry about that just as a history of being knocked up, of always being in a platoon, mainly with D'Angelo Williams. He seems to be the guy. You'll see Tolbert on the occasional third down or or down around the goal line, but this is all Jonathan Stewart. I have concerns about him being nicked up, but he's looking strong. He's looking fast, and that offense is dedicated to getting him the ball, and as long as he holds up, I think it could be a big surprise year for Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, I mean, just look at, um, you know, offense. Uh, yeah, passing offense, Carolina dead last in the NFL, you know, and so, and then you have a defense that, that is keeping them in games. And then you look at Carolina rushing offense. Where are they? Do you know? Uh, they got to be in the top half anyhow. Certainly. Just, I mean, I'm just reiterating what you said. They're number five in the league in rushing. Right. You know? And, and the defense is doing everything you need to. You don't have to pass 400 yards a game right. to win games. Look, Phil Rivers passed for over 500 yards a couple of weeks ago. They lost. Right. He's thrown, uh, had, a what, 110 attempts in two weeks, and, and they've lost them both, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think to to your point. Remember when Bill Cowher used to say when they questioned him about running the ball on third down and stuff all the time, and he used to say, there's only three things that can happen when you pass the ball, and two of them are bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a point when you think about it. Right. The league's changed. The rules have changed to allow all this passing, but when you really break it down, if you can play defense and you can run the ball, less bad things are going to happen to you. Exactly. And and I just think, uh, you know, especially in that division, I mean, why play helter-skelter? You don't have to. No, you know, no, the no defense that can stop anybody in that right. division. Exactly. And, and Carolina, actually in total defense, Carolina is what two, four, six, eight. They're actually Who's ninth in we the league. Appreciate. You know, they're ninth in the league in, in, in total defense, and it, which is kind of surprising in a way. A couple of the teams that they're behind are really shocking to me. They're behind Tampa Bay in total really? defense, and they're behind Tennessee. Odd, <laughs> very odd. That numbers doesn't always tell the whole story. Exactly. All right. Well, we still got 15 minutes left, Rick. Your call, game ball, stinky sock, whatever you'll have, whatever it'll be. Well, I gave one to Sam Bradford, and you gave one. Uh, what you gave? I gave a game ball to Jonathan Stewart. I'll go sock again. I, I like giving out the socks, and I, and I'll tell you what, you know, what he's done, and he, I don't know. I, you cannot figure out Eli Manning. Yeah. 170 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, but 170 yards. And they won. And they won. <laughs> they well, won. thanks to the defense. Right, the defense and the special team. Exactly. So, you know, they didn't win because of him. They won in spite of him. 
Right. And for that, I give him a stinky sock. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so frustrating. And a lot of us jumped on the bandwagon. I think I was slightly on it. I don't know how far I dove in, but I knew we know we had Eli Manning conversations that, that he was a guy with Beckham, with, with Randall, you know, assuming Cruz would have played by now. I think we all were. Silly us. Yeah. That. You know, I expected big things from Eli this year, and and I still do some weeks, but there are weeks he just goes away. I don't know if it's an Eli thing. I don't know if it's a Coughlin thing. I don't know what it is, but he can be really frustrating. All right, Rick, I am going to take a turn here. I'm going to have get hand me out a uh, a stinky sock. I don't know if I necessarily want to give this to the player. I guess I have to, being that he averaged less than one yard per carry. Or I want to give it to the team for handing him the ball six times. But Alfred Morris, Rick, we talked about it on the slant, a guy I expected fairly decent things from last week against that Tampa Bay defense, who apparently is a lot better than I expected, being that they're the number two uh, scoring defense in the NFL at this point. But Alfred Morris, six carries, five yards. Got to give him a stinky sock. But I think he shares it with, with Coach Gruden and that whole Washington coaching staff. I can't figure that out. No, I, I can't either. It's it's weird. Why you would not give this guy the ball is beyond me. And of course, they won. Uh, yeah. And that may have had something to do with it. They find yourself down 31 pretty quick. I guess you tend to get away from the running game. Right. But when you have an Alfred Morris, and I think the same's true for Matt Jones, I think they're very similar. You almost have to pick a guy and feed him the ball consistently. Alfred Morris and Matt Jones aren't such dynamic backs that you bring them in and expect splash plays. These are hard-nosed. you got a guy like Cousins who loves to turn the ball over. I think if you're Washington, you try to establish the run unless you're down 31, so that'll be a caveat to all this. And you grind it out with one guy. You bring the other guy in to spell and on third down and things like that. But why, with what Alfred Morris has done there over the years, I don't know if he's just not Gruden's guy. I don't know what's going on. But I, this is a situation, you know, every week I look at it and say, this is probably the Alfred Morris week. And I, I finally said it on the slant, and I look like a damn fool, which isn't odd, but for that time specifically. I'm not breaking ground here, but we've got to step away from this Washington running back situation. You're never going to figure it out. I know. I, I just don't understand – what the game plan is for these guys, you know, is it just trying to see, I mean, he's just not getting any work. It's not RBBC. No, you know? I mean, he's no. Yeah. Being yeah. ignored. Right. And I don't understand it. I, I don't either, but let's move on here. And, uh, you know, we can get into the Greg Hardy thing. You Go know, ahead. another time. Oh, I mean, right. We're running out of time here. We may cover some of that on. How on about the, on the fantasy the sports, sports network? Sports You're going to have to listen Saturday, one o'clock Eastern. Replayed at 9 o'clock. You should air that in the background of your Halloween party. You can hear our takes on Greg Hardy, fantasysportsnetwork.com. Yeah, yes, indeed. I mean, you couldn't find a better place to be on Halloween. That's what I'm thinking. It'd be scary, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Hey, do you want to pick some games while we still have time? I thought we did that on the other show and on the slant. I don't think we're Oh, going that's to do it right. There. We do that on the slant. Give out a game ball. How about that? I don't like game ball. All right. I'll tell you what, I'll give, I'll give one to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I mean, what a comeback! Do that. 317 yards, three touchdowns. Plus, he had a rushing touchdown. Yeah, I, I, you can't say anything anything bad about that performance. Look, they were down. That game I mean, was they over. were whipped. 
and Cousins was going to be benched, and Gruden was going to be fired, and he saved two jobs in the second half of that exactly. game. Exactly. I guarantee you both of those things would have happened. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, it's he saved their season. I mean, they're still breathing alive and well in, right. that, in that division. <laughs> You're a game back in what division – that it looks like seven and nine is going to win that thing. Yeah, maybe eight and eight, but depending, I mean, depending, depending on what Dallas's record is when Tony Romo comes back. Yeah, I don't know where they're at then if they can get the nine wins because I'm pretty certain because the Giants did everything they could to hand that game to Matt, the Matt Castle leg Cowboys last week. So that showed me that they're not going to win a game until Tony Romo comes back. Maybe they dummy into one somewhere. Now here, here's a question for you. All right. And I mean, we talked about Des Bryant at length. Tony Romo put on IR. There, as soon as he can come back, okay. is, I think, the game on November 22nd. All right. Okay. That's as soon as he can come back. Do you think the collarbone – is healed enough where he's going to be effective. We all know what happened with that collarbone, dare I say, the year that you drafted him. Yeah, yeah, we we ran into an issue there. That was a rough year. I mean, you're buying it. I mean, you're buying that, okay, Tony Romo will be back by whatever that is, week nine or ten, something like that. For my fantasy team, no, no. But I think for the Dallas Cowboys, yes, because what they're lacking is a game manager, quite frankly. Even if he can make an intermediate throw, a, a smart throw, a good throw, with that offensive line, he should have some time. So I think the Cowboys turn it around instantly. But if you're sitting around with Tony Romo on your bench and, and starting, I don't know, Teddy Bridgewater, Joe Flacco, somebody like that each and every week, get used to where you're at at quarterback because I think the fantasy season is going to be pert near over by the time he has any value to you. Now, when when you got a weapon like Des Bryant, when you got a weapon like Jason Witten, I think losing Lance Dunbar has really hurt them in that regard. So I don't know what kind of numbers he piles up, but I think the Cowboys instantly become, if they're still within reach, and that may be a big if, if they're still within reach, the Cowboys become really the, the still the top contender in that terrible division. It, it is. It's uh, it's amazing how that division has fallen. Four and three Giants leading. Three and four Philadelphia, three and four Washington, two and four Dallas. Yeah, so Dallas is still right there. If they could sneak one yeah. out before Tony Romo come back, they could come back and win this thing at seven and nine. They could. They they very well could. What do we got? Oh, you got five minutes here, Rick. I'm going to give out a game ball. We talked about him a lot on the slant with Scott. I think I I don't know. I'm going to ask you. You all in yet? Stephon Diggs. Six, 108, another touchdown. This cat might just be the real deal. Oh, I'm all in on Diggs now. I mean, there's no question about that. Look, they had the, the Cordell Pattersons and the Percy Harvins and all these guys that were going to be And that's why you get guy. nervous about a guy like Diggs because he plays like those guys. But he's the doing point it better. is they didn't do anything. Even, they never did anything. Patterson didn't do it. Wallace can't get it done. Mm-hmm. This kid just may be the one to get it done. And, um, you know, you ride obviously you ride the hot hand yeah, in yeah. fantasy, but I actually think this kid could be something special. Yeah, and I'm certain we'll have another dozen Stefan Diggs questions this week on the slant. I think the right. answer is going to be Diggs a lot more than it was last week. Yeah, there's no question. There's not nearly as much. And look, he's going to have his quiet days. I mean, well, uh, they all do. Yeah, sure. What DeAndre Hopkins did last week crushed me. Just you can tell yeah. I'm a little bitter. Just crushed my yeah. soul, Rick. He is, and you you 
Of course, he'll come back with a vengeance this week because mm-hmm. we, you and I play each other. And Antonio Browns gets Big Ben yeah. back. So, and yeah, course, I'm hoping to put, hang about 60 on you is my I goal. I still have Des Bryant out, and, I, yeah, I don't think he's going to play. Tony Romo does, out. Tony Romo's long gone. Roddy White put out the pasture. I, I've gotten <laughs> rid of him a long time ago. I am – I tell you what, give me one second Oh, you going to lament a little I'm bit? I like that. Let's do it. you got uh, five minutes left. They are all yours for the lamenting. The underwhelming Jordan Matthews is on a bye. Explain that one. Too. I can't. Well, what I mean, look he at went, the whole offense. You're right, but he went from all those targets to I watched that entire game yeah. Sunday night. It was the only game I watched, so I actually paid attention. A lot of times I'm burnt out by Sunday night. And I'm only half paying attention and diddling around on the iPad. Otherwise, but I was all in on this game. Didn't even look his way. No, it, it's it's horrible. But anyway. He's on a bye, so I don't even have yeah, him. You don't, you don't even have to suffer through that. T.J. Yeldon's on a bye, so Ooh, there goes my right. flex. Oh, I caught you at the right time, Okay. Didn't now, okay, now, I mean, you know, I still have Bernard and, and Murray for my running backs. Bernard will have a big week. Now, here's my wide receivers. All right, I can't wait to and hear And I have to stuff. have four of them because I have three, we have three wide receivers, and I have to play – I actually have to play one in a, in a flex – because Yeldon's out. Yeah. All right. I got you. Calvin Johnson. All right. Who has a that nice doesn't ma- suck. Nice matchup at Kansas City. Right. Banged up Matt Stafford. Terrence Williams. Ooh. Ouch. Willie Sneed. <laughs> when you get to Willie Sneed, and that's three out of the four. Kamar Aiken. Ooh. He'll score a touchdown this week just because you're playing me. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, he'll he'll get in the end zone. But yeah, he that's has a- two all year. That's rough sledding there, pal. I generally wouldn't feel bad for you, but I feel a little bad for you. Yeah, I mean, if Romo was healthy, I wouldn't feel nearly as bad with Terrence Williams because he can hit a burner. Yeah. I don't think Matt Castle will even see him. No, probably not. Yeah, with Tony Romo, Williams, Williams was going to be zero or 20 each and every week is what Terrence Williams was going to be. But, yeah, now – now he's just zero with, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with yeah, Castle. Exactly. Yeah, for the year he has 18 catches, 293 yards, and two touchdowns. I think DeAndre Hopkins had that two weeks ago. Yeah, I think, <laughs> no, I think you're right. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah, hey, trade you Terrence Williams for DeAndre. Hopkins. I don't think I'm going to make that deal. No, we I'll, we should make a trade though I'll after this Willie week. Sneed. I need a running back. Trade me a running back. Okay, you gave me DeAndre Hopkins. I'll give you T.J. Yeldon I'm right not now. Not going to do that. You know better than that. That's the problem. You don't have anything to stack to get one of my my wide receivers. Is the problem. Well, what do you want? Give me. I don't even know who your receivers are then in Hopkins because that's all I hear about. I got Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, okay, Odell Beckham, and Dante Moncrief. Okay. Beckham. What do you mean? give me for Beckham? What do you want for Beckham? I mean, Yeldon and Jordan Matthews. Oh, you're crazy. We'll close the deal You're right out of now. your mind. What do you mean I'm out of my mind? You're out of your you're mind. You're starting Willie freaking Sneed, and you're going to tell me I'm out of my mind. You are not coming from a position of strength, I have friend. to play for the season. I can't get rid of Yeldon. Your season's over. No, you it's not. Stink. You're, you're horrible. Right. Yeah, I'll see horrible. you in the Super Bowl. Okay, let's see who you have on your team here. Okay, you, you've got uh, yeah, Moncrief, okay, Rashad Jenny, yeah, Alfred Morris. Yeah, it's no good there. Uh, God, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I mean, terrible at running back, but my wide receivers just. See, you're starting C.J. Anderson. Probably starting him this week. Yeah, alongside Jonathan Stewart. I mean, who are you benching? Alfred Morris. 
and Rashad Jennings. It's not like you got Jim Brown and Barry Sanders sitting on the bench. That's here. my point. That's why I'm trying to get a running back. Well, you make me a fair offer, and maybe well, what, a, what would be fair? What do I have to stack to get Yeldon and uh, Jordan Matthews? Beckham. Because I'm taking all the risk here with Jordan Matthews. Beckham and Jennings. Done. Really? Done deal. I'll do it right now. Right now. Well, let me look. Maybe uh, after this week, because well, I believe those two are on by, <laughs> and then I'll immediately put myself in your position. But the thing is, you won't be in your position because, you know, basically your team's still intact. Save one guy, and you can throw. You know, we're going to talk about this more off the air. But, yeah, that that's a done deal. I'll make that deal. So Beckham and Jennings for Yeldon and Jordan Matthews. You know, if I'm willing to make the deal, then now all of a sudden you. No, I want to play you. Oh well, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, we play each other this week. Well, we'll talk about. Yeah, we probably shouldn't make a trade. It'll probably look bad too. You as the commissioner, us doing this show, and we make a trade two days before we play each other. That's all right. We can do whatever we want. I proved one today from between you and somebody else. I picked up uh, Pierre Garçon, who's also on by. It appears my goal is to bring in everybody who's on by this week. I'm trying to tank for my uh, my beloved partner, Rick Briggs. Well, yeah, because I'm a freaking fantasy genius is what it boils down. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right, it is 9 o'clock, Rick. we got another show to do, and nobody's getting overtime today. So I think it's time to get get out of here. Take care. (laughs) <laughs> that was a little quick right like there. Said, we got to we got to do all the uh, all the shtick at the end. We are Fligger and Briggs. Yeah. This is the Asylum, the Asylum Sports Network, AsylumFantasySports.com. Right at Asylum Football on Twitter. Get those questions in for the Sunday morning Inside Slant, ten o'clock Eastern, live with with Rick Briggs, Scott Fish, myself in this attic of this barn. We will be in studio once again. Flush. Plus, Posh, Posh, uh, Penthouse Studios, yeah. 646-478-4679. You can call in, email, tweet, get those questions in. We'll answer every one of them we can get to. Like we said, Saturday for your Halloween party, 1 o'clock Eastern, replay at 9, fantasysportsnetwork.com, Cablevision Channel 147, and a ton of other uh, cable outlets all along the East Coast and in Canada. Check that out. So Saturday, Sunday, or next Wednesday, we'll see you. Take care. Now you can say it. Thank you.